On Midwest Week, Afghan refugees settle in the Quad Cities. I'm Herb Trix, and my guest this week is Alma Gall, freelance reporter for the Quad City Times and Dispatch Argus. So, Alma, do we know how many people from Afghanistan have settled in the Quad Cities? Yes, 307 have settled here uh, through the efforts of World Relief, which is a nonprofit uh, Christian-based organization, uh, a nationwide uh uh, group. This would be the local affiliate of it. Uh, World Relief is one of, I think, about nine uh, agencies across the country that have uh, contracts with the U.S. State Department to do resettlement. And um, so those 307, uh, there's a, there are probably about 77 families in that. So, in other words, um, there's, there are a number of pretty large families. Uh, maybe of that 307, a majority might be children, that is, people under the age 18. And then there are a number of single people also who, you know, just had to leave the country and they have spouses back in Afghanistan. They have children. Um, it, it's hard time for them. Now, have all of these uh, people from Afghanistan come here during the past year since the U.S. withdrew, or did some come before then? Yeah, mostly that, mostly mm-hmm. since the U.S. withdrew. And how do people from Afghanistan get to the Quad Cities? I mean, do they choose it in some way, or is it by chance, or, or what? You know, I don't really know the answer to that. I mm-hmm. uh, They uh, come here, you know, through the State Department. They the route from Afghanistan was generally from Afghanistan to a military base overseas where they were vetted and questioned, and then to another military base uh, in the United States. And then I kind of think someone else decides that for them. And uh, they say, hey, you know, we have an opening here. This is where you're going to go. This is where you're going to be resettled. And of course, you know, if Things, I mean, they don't like it here. They could, you know, as they get their feet on the ground, could, could move elsewhere as time goes on. Now tell us about World Relief. What sort of help does it provide? Oh, lots. You know, it has certain things that it needs to do for people and, uh, you know, like a checklist. And the first thing, of course, is to find housing. So so they find housing for people, make sure it's decent, clean, uh, you know, has enough room for everybody uh, in the family, and then they provide, you know, there's a whole checklist of, of of things they need to have in it. You know, they have to have enough beds, they have to have enough bedding, furniture, uh, house, you know, pots, pans, that kind of thing. So they, they get housing. Uh, they need to make sure that their people get um, health checkups, like within 30 days. Uh, most, the people who come here, you know, don't have cars, so they need to be uh, taught how to use uh, the bus system. Um, and so those things, and then to get started, everybody, you know, has a case manager. Uh, I mean, and so they uh, try to get them, you know, jobs. They're supposed to, you know, get jobs within a certain amount of time. Um, so get, that is the whole thing of getting them settled and then signing them up for all the different things you have to sign up for, you know, to there's aid, uh, the first 90 days and that, you know, by aid, I mean, someone governmental entity pays for their rent for the first 90 days. And that can be extended depending on circumstances, but you know how it is. I mean, in this 
these days, you know, when you sign up for stuff, I mean, when you have to register, there's like so many questions. And so, you know, if you don't speak the language, if you don't really read the language, I mean, it's just overwhelming. So helping them through all those processes and and uh, like even, you know, like sometimes mail will come to their house. Well, you know how much junk quote mail we get. So they would look at this, you know, is this. Is this important mail or is this mail to throw away? And you know how some stuff looks important and it isn't. And, you know, just all those things. And then for the ones with families to make sure that they are uh, signed up for school and that they've got all that. And, and then getting them, the adults, enrolled in English as a second language class so they learn English. So it's just like everything at once. Now, you profiled one family that's here. Um, tell us about them and why, why did they come to the U.S.? Well, this is Najib Habib and his family, and I was hoping to interview a family that, you know, from the images that we saw from last August, you know, all those people scrambling on the tarmac and, you know, just the chaos. I, I'd hoped to get one of those, but they, but I didn't. And so uh, Najib is a really remarkable person, and he, uh, from from the time he was 18, he began working for non-governmental organizations in Afghanistan, all geared toward humanitarian uh, advancement and aid. His first um, job was with Doctors Without Borders. Well, and, and then at some point in time, he worked for the U.S. Aid Agency, which is a government agency. So he then was identified as someone working with the United States, and he began getting threats. He, uh, from the Taliban. Uh, so he knew uh, as things were starting to unravel last summer, he needed to get out of the country. Uh, and so, and so he did, he, he, he got, he got a visa. He got what he needed. He called his wife in a different city, like 400 miles away and said, you've got to come to Kabul right now uh, with the kids that, and she was on, she and the kids, the were on the last flight out of that particular city uh, before it was taken over by the Taliban. And Najib, he's in a little, he's in a very different situation from most of the Afghans. He was able, uh, you know, because he has a visa and a, and a path toward permanent residency here in the United States, because he's been, you know, earning a living, he was able to just buy his own tickets, fly to Los Angeles, you know, as just a quote, regular person would, uh, as opposed to being under those chaotic conditions uh, that that most of them were. And what what has he and his family said about uh, adjusting to the new country? Did they find anything particularly difficult or things that uh, surprise them more than others? Well, you know, everything's different. Najib is in a better position than, you know, as I said, most, because he's been working with Americans and, and other Westerners for a long time. Um, no, I, they're, they're, they are adjusting well, uh, um, but of course, you know, you just never know, you know, what traumas are there from what they've seen and what they've been through. And of course, I believe that just about everybody who's over here probably has relatives, friends still in the country where conditions continue to deteriorate. You know, there's no jobs, there's no food, there's, it's, 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 it's a bad situation. And so, of course, they would be very concerned about those people. And a little bit, you know, their kids are adapting, they're learning English, you know, what will they remember of Afghanistan and their culture? I mean, that 
enters into it a little bit too. I mean, yes, they want to be here. This is a great place to be, uh, but there is that, you know, wishing they would keep some of what they came from. And uh, what about uh, world relief, Alma? Are there things that uh, you and I can do for world relief? Well, of course, everybody can use money, you know, (laughs) always with donations. I mean, uh, world relief, uh, what settled the first 150 uh, with its own funds, in other words, with no government help, uh, because they are a uh, entity that is, you know, raises money to do good in the world. Like, and so uh, they will continue to do that. And so to sort of replenish their coffers so they can help people, money is always good. Uh, volunteering. Uh, if you can drive people places, that's really good. And upcoming, you know, as these uh, uh, parolees, as they are called, get immigration hearings, those are all pretty much in Chicago. So if you, you know, and you need to be at those hearings if you want to move forward on permanent residency. So they need a way to get there or, or to get to doctor's appointments. So volunteering And then there's always, uh, you know, as new people come in, if you have some nice things to donate, I mean, you know, by that, I mean, household things, couch, uh, beds, you know, things like that. They don't always need that. It depends on who's coming in and when, but all those things. 